Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, the Rhode Island Blood Center, Providence Ballet Theater, Trinity Brewhouse, CIC Providence, and R1 Indoor Karting. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have singer, songwriter, and guitarist Dave Perner of the Grammy Award winning band Soul Asylum. Dave will be playing an acoustic Soul Asylum show at the Greenwich Odeum on March 18th. Dead letter, dead letter of immaculate intention It's written in blood that flows short little tour of this acoustic thing. Yep, it's just a handful of shows. Yep. How come you're not doing a, a full-blown tour? You're just doing, I, th- I only see four shows. 
Uh, well, I don't know. We're doing a, we did a couple. I don't know. We did a run of six or seven shows, and then we did you know we're doing five or four this time, and then we do a few more. And it's just I don't know. It's <laughs> it's kind of a you know it's something that we started doing fairly recently. Although we did it back in the day, but we never toured it, so to speak. So. Yeah, I guess they're just little mini tours. Now this seems like kind of an extension of the when you did the MTV Unplugged. Is it something like that? I suppose. I mean, there's just two of us. So. Oh, you're only playing with who's who's uh, playing with you? Me and Ryan. First. Okay. Now you're pretty much the only one left from the original Soul Asylum, right? Mm, yep. Does that? make you want to just go out on your own more or just or continue playing this format or just use uh soul asylum now as your vehicle for your for just to get your solo music across i know you do have recorded solo stuff but mm-hmm. um what makes the difference between your solo stuff and si- soul asylum mm-hmm. well not too much i mean at the time I just wanted to make a ba- uh, make a make a record with some different musicians, and I was kind of just in a place where I had, was in the process of moving to New Orleans, and uh, there was an opportunity. The studio was closing, and the studio manager said, right, "I got a bunch of engineers with nothing to do," and I said, uh, "Well, I'll give it a go." Yeah. Well, a friend of mine, Dave Foster, he works at New Orleans Heritage and Jazz Festival. He said, "New Orleans misses you." Oh. That's sweet. Yeah, I haven't been back as much since my kid went to college. Where do you live now? Uh, in Minneapolis. Oh, you're back out there? I still got a place in New Orleans, which oh. I just got painted, so I got to go down there really soon and check out the paint job. Oh. So you started in high school. How old were you when you started this band? Uh, well, I don't know however old you are when you're a junior in high school, I guess. 17? so yeah something like that yeah and then it seems like you put out a bunch of albums and you got picked up by columbia when you were playing an acoustic show that's when columbia got interested in you Mm, no i mean we did a couple records for a&m and uh then we kind of i suppose took that as far as we could take it and we made some well more acoustic type demos and uh i went out to new york with a cassette and i shot those acoustic demos from our practice space which were not totally acoustic it was a band and i was actually the only one playing acoustic guitar but uh yeah that's kind of how that story went and that's where grave diggers uh union came in dancers yes grave diggers dancers excuse me <laughs> name is messed up all the time um so that was a big time for you you won a grammy for runaway train which was a, a good deal for you yeah i suppose it looks good on the resume yeah i i you one of the musicians who's kind of disillusioned with the grammys i don't really have much of an attitude about it i mean it, it's not something i follow i mean i was talking about it with my manager the other day and i'm like well, what is that what is that these days is it, is it and he's like oh i said what it was all about Swift and Harry Styles or something. Yep. <laughs> I kind of stopped following it. Now, that song, Runaway Train, you had a, uh, that video was uh, popular because of the song, but also because you featured missing children in that video. Has that video ever been updated, or is it just, uh, did it stop with the missing children back in the day, or do you still update it with missing children and release it from time to time? Mm, no. I mean, some someone else did a cover of the song, and did a new version of 
the concept or whatever. Uh, but I mean, no, it's it's not something that I revisit on a regular basis. Now you put out a a, a book a couple of uh, years ago called Loud Fast Words, and uh, it's a collection of essays and the lyrics from your songs. You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, well, sure. I mean. Um, I think my manager brought it up and I said, why not? And, you know, there was a decision that, that I made that I didn't really want to do a, you know, a autobiographical thing or a tell-all or whatever they want to, whatever you want to call it. So it was an opportunity to just put the lyrics to the songs out there and talk a little bit about them, kind of just move through the writing and chronicle the lyrics and you know i've always sort of felt like if it if it works on paper it's gonna work in a song so yeah you know it was just a matter of uh collecting it all and and commenting on it this acoustic show will this be an extension of that where you talk about the songs before you play them is it just are you just gonna play you're gonna tell stories i tell some jokes and stuff um but uh yeah not not too much chatter so it's just two acoustic guitars and correct and vo- backing vocals as well well yes ryan is singing yes what are you going to be uh heavy on the the material from is it of course the board from the uh the 12 albums or are you mm-hmm. going to focus yeah. everything new stuff when the silent treatment gets so loud it's And 
stuff, old stuff, stuff people know. Well, you put out a reissue of the of the Grave Dancers Union for the 30th anniversary. So will you be heavy on that? Uh, I suppose you know four or five things from that record. I think we're playing. Yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, yeah, kind of spans the entire catalog, so to speak, arsenal repertoire. I know. So you folks doing a cover of Rhinestone Cowboy. Is that something that might be in the set? Uh, well, we played it for the first time the other night in probably 10 years or something. I don't know. It's just one of those things that if the mood seems right or, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's something that is supposed to be kind of funny. And I haven't lost my mother to Alzheimer's, so that kind of reconnected me with my family a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the film about Glenn Campbell. Yeah. But uh, it did kind of help me process my mother's decline or whatever. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, I, you know, it was just a song that I thought was kind of cheeky when I was a kid, and it, it got a laugh, and uh, and it's and it's funny in the context of, you know, we started playing it a really long time ago, and it was just a contrast to the punk rock stuff that was just odd, but funny. Now, um, do you have any other cover songs you might be throwing in, or is the whole night loose? As far as uh, I don't know, we usually put a Victoria Williams song in there. Oh, I like her. But uh, not a lot of covers. No, never uh, heard of her in a long time. How sh- do you know her? I do. Uh, How's I she doing? I haven't. I haven't her. heard or seen about uh, seen I, anything. I, I haven't spoken to her in quite some time, but as far as I know, she's hanging in there. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I have a few of her CDs back about thirty years ago, and I really liked her stuff. But I saw her once, and I never. She kind of vanished. I know she was having health issues, which was yeah. sad. So, when you started your band in high school, what was the uh, what was your inspiration? What were your musical uh, heroes back then that made you want to start playing guitar and start a band? Well, I, I played in the school band. I was a trumpet player, and I think the, my pal, who was also a trumpet player, brought me a Hendrix Are You Experienced record that his brother had, and that really is well one of the things just made me want to pick up a guitar and then i think when the ramones came around i i started thinking oh maybe i could do this yeah we just kind of started from nothing and figured it out taught each other things as we went along now you were a drummer at first in this band in your band Mm -hmm. yep so how did you make the transition from drummer to guitar player i mean that's a different different kind of transition it's kind of a a dave roll move my first band, I was the singer-songwriter guy, and then I got together with what turned out to be Soul Asylum, and uh, I had gotten into playing the drums at that point, and there was three of us, so I threw these short sticks. Now, that your first band was called Loud Fast Rules, and that's what switched to Soul Asylum. Where, where did you come up with that name, Loud Fast Rules? I believe my guitar player saw it in a fanzine or something. It was not really sure. I think it was on the back of a leather jacket, and uh, we needed a name, you know. Now, how did you switch to Soul Asylum? Where did Soul Asylum come from? I made it up. I just (laughs) thought, yeah, Loud Fast Rules was a little too uh, restricting. Constricting? I don't know what the word is. When your bandmate... Carl Mueller died from cancer. How did it change the dynamic of the band for you? Well, it changed everything because uh, it was just the balance that we had developed or built up where, you know, I 
everybody was kind of equally interdependent, I suppose. And it was the personalities that sort of, you know, you live in very, very close quarters all the time. So if you're not getting along, it's pretty ugly. Um, and Carl was just a, just a great, great person who was very good at uh, managing uh, stress and whatever the road may bring. Well, that sounds like a, a big loss for the band when that happened. Mm-hmm. I know, I've been through that as well. I lost one of my band members to cancer about 10 years ago, and it, it always leaves a hole in the band. It's kind of hard to fill. It's always hard to fill that. Now, you worked with Kevin Smith on uh, three of his films. Are you, do, you, uh, do you have any plans to work with him again in the future? Yeah, but uh, I love working with Kevin. I would certainly be obliged to uh, take that phone call and take that gig. Now, how did you hook up with him initially? Uh, I guess he liked the band, and he was doing Clerks, and he, they asked for a song, and I had kind of a song that was seemed right, and it didn't end up on a record, and uh, we played it for him, and he liked it, and I think it's the closing credits. So yeah, then he gave me the uh, Chasing Amy job that was scoring the film, which was really great fun. Uh, I really I really enjoyed it. I like the that music one. music and all that. And then he's kind of used uh, a couple songs. He used Misery, and he's used a couple more songs and a couple more movies. So yeah, I mean, I love Kevin. Have you Exceptional, worked... he's brilliant. Have you worked with anybody else on films and scored any other films? Mm, nothing of note. A couple, you know, art film projects. Is that something that interests you to get further into at some point oh yeah i mean i, I love it i just think it's great work it's i think you have to live in la and kind of be in the in the peripheral and you know just get in there and try to get the gigs which i don't pursue but mm. uh, yeah, yeah somebody I, asks i think you have to go to all the parties and know all the right people to get those kind of gigs that is correct so what does the future hold for soul asylum and you more uh are you going to be doing more recording you're going to be working on more of your own stuff or well we're about thirds of the way through our newest record we're working on and uh we'll probably go out and do a big tour this summer now are you on a major label or an indie label at this point currently it's a label called bluey lawn okay so is it mostly your own self-promoting stuff because i know the the record industry has taken lots of hits and twists and turns over the years and it's shifted people away from major labels and people putting into their own yeah. stuff into their own hands these days yeah you can uh, try to uh i don't know adapt or or fight with the digital complex uh, you know i don't know we 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 sort of do things the way we do things and it's just just gonna keep making records and keep doing what we do is it is it more rock or acoustic bass? Are you going to stick with the acoustic format? It's the same sort of thing as, you know, it's half and half, whatever. Brave Dancers Union was the first record where I started playing acoustic guitar. And now it's sort of, we sort of try to strike a balance on every record. I play Runaway Train when I play my solo cover gig. Cool. Good, good song to play. Nice. I always like those songs. Those that I like right. that album. That's good stuff. Um, what kind of guitars do you play? Gibson J200s. Oh, nice. Nice guitars. Anything else you want to throw in about this acoustic show that people can look forward to? Are you going to be uh, selling your albums, your book? Are you going to be around after the show to talk to people? What's what's up for the, uh, the audience? Uh, now, each one's a little bit different. It sort of depends on how the evening goes. And... Uh, you know, hopefully it'll be an intimate and, and 
fun time. Well, the show's been going well. It seems like you've sold out a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You getting good response from the uh, the audiences about this show? This tour, oh, yeah. This little tour? Yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. People seem to be into it, into not getting their head blasted off by super loud music. Now, was, now that you're you're aging, you're getting older, Do you how do you feel about loud music? Do you feel like still doing it, or you want to? I love it. I fucking love it, and I fucking always will. <laughs> Well, that's good. It's good to hear. You've got a lot of years left in this music business, then. That's right. All right. Well, I want to let you get back to where you're off to, and uh, good luck with the show tonight and tomorrow, and uh, look forward to having you at the Odeum in uh, March. Right on, man. All right. Thanks much. All right. Later.
Okie dokie. Thanks to Dave Perner of Soul Asylum for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. You can catch Acoustic Soul Asylum at the Greenwich Odium on Saturday, March 18th. For more, take the runaway train to GreenwichOdium.com. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Providence Brewing Company, the Rhode Island Blood Center, Providence Ballet Theater, Trinity Brewhouse, CIC Providence, and R1 Indoor Karting. Thanks for listening. Thank you.